Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of 1 Timothy once again. 1 Timothy, and we're going to read pretty much the same scripture that we read this morning, but we're going to go a totally different direction tonight. We're going to be, I'm going to be brief tonight, more, uh, more brief than I normally would be, and then we're going to baptize. And uh, if you're going to be baptized tonight, when the invitation begins, just come on up and uh, we'll have some baptistry workers uh, already over here and uh, the ladies over here on this side and the fellows over here on this side. And, uh, and so anyway, the baptistry workers will be there to, to direct you tonight. It's always exciting to see folks get baptized, uh, to make that, that public confession that they've come to know the Lord as their Savior. Uh, is it something that you have to do to be saved? No, not according to Scripture. It's not. Uh, I don't have to wear this wedding band <clears throat> to, to be married. I can take this wedding band off, and I'm still just as married as I've ever been. Uh, 35 years now to that little red head, that little red head right there. And, uh, and uh, anyway, but I wear this wedding band to let everybody know that I am married to her. And I'm not ashamed of that, by the way. And it's a public confession, and that's, that's really what baptism is all, is all about. It's a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a picture of the gospel, which is what changes lives. What, it's what saves the soul, and uh, it's what washes and sanctifies and justifies. And so, uh, anyway, we, we're excited about baptizing Tonight, but I am going to be I'm going to be brief as far as the message is concerned tonight. When you find your place in First Timothy chapter four, if you'll stand tonight with us, if you're able, that is First Timothy chapter number four, and notice notice what um, Paul says in verse number seven. He said, "But refuse profane and old wives' fables." And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. It does profit. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is. And of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. And so you can hear that, that, older, that older, grizzled missionary slash preacher slash pastor, church planner, as he's challenging a younger Timothy. These things, Timothy, these things command and teach. And then he says to this younger man, in the ministry, verse 12, he says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And I want to I camp out on that verse just a little bit tonight, verse number 12, and uh, at a later time, we'll, we'll dissect that verse and really talk to you about all of, those, all of those things that the Apostle Paul makes mention of. But tonight I just want to give you one thought, as I did this morning, uh, just one solitary thought. Uh, but I want to talk to you about that subject, an example of the believers. And so you may be seated tonight. 
And I'm, I'm going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll jump right into the uh, Bible study tonight. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be back in the Lord's house again tonight. And Lord, thank you for all that you did this morning. Thank you for the great service and, uh, Lord, the wonderful music, the great fellowship. Lord, we just appreciate your presence. And we thank you so much for your precious spirit. And God, thank you for the wonderful word of God. Lord, I pray now that you would, uh, Lord, that you would teach us, uh, Lord, a, a, a great truth tonight. Uh, Lord, may this be a time of challenge. And I pray that we'll walk out of here tonight with a desire to be better Christians for you, to bring more honor and glory to you. Lord, you're surely worthy of our praise and our glory. Uh, and so I pray that you will help us tonight. Father, the best we know how, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service. And I pray that you would keep your blessings in. And God, I pray that you would bind the powers of darkness and Lord, keep them out. Save that one that's nearest hell and encourage that one that may be discouraged tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray tonight would be a time of encouragement to them. And I pray that you'll challenge us all this evening in a great way. Help us, give us power, please. We love you and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, amen, amen. Notice verse number 12 again, if you will. Now, the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. Notice this phrase, but be thou an example of the believers. But be thou an example of the believers. I love that. I've read that verse many, many times. I'm, I've probably preached from it before. But this week as I read that verse, it was like it stood out to me in a, in a whole new way. But be thou an example of of the believers. In other words, Paul is saying to Timothy, among all the other believers, Timothy, make sure that you set the example. I want you to rise above all of those other believers. You're going to be going down to Ephesus and you're going to be pastoring this metropolitan church, a lot of people, big city. And he said, but among all the believers, Make sure, young man, make sure that you set the example. The word example there is the Greek word typos or typos. And we get a word from that. It's the word type. It, it's a word that means stamp, stamp, or an example to be imitated. What a charge to this young man in the ministry. I love this. Don't, don't lose this. Don't miss this. He was saying this, Timothy, don't just be a believer, but be an example of the believers. He said, Timothy, I want you to stand out. I want you to be a stamp. I want you to be a letter that stands out on a blank page. Boy, I love this. I really do love this. This helped me this week. I hope it'll help you. The Bible is encouraging us to, to go to the next level, over and above. Don't be satisfied with just getting by, which is where a lot of people are. If you're going to be an example of the believers, then you can't be satisfied with complacency. And you can't be satisfied with mediocrity. Now somebody says, well, pastor, I'm a believer. That's enough. And I want to say, no, it's not. Not according to the word of God. Uh, it's not. Uh, take it to the next level. We're to be an example 
of the believers. Don't just be a believer. I'm glad you're a believer. I'm glad you're a Christian. I'm glad that you're saved tonight. But don't be satisfied with just being saved. Don't be satisfied with just being a Christian. Don't be satisfied with just being a believer. But we are to be an example of all the believers. I believe without a doubt that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. And by the way, that idea, that idea is all throughout Scripture. I want to show you a few of those places tonight, uh, if I could. The Bible is constantly, constantly encouraging us to, to what I would call strive for excellence in everything we do. Booker T. Washington said it like this. Excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. Boy, that's good enough to say again. Excellence is, is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. Can I show you a man in the Word of God who did just that? Would you take your Bibles tonight, please, and turn to the book of Daniel? Daniel chapter 1. In your Bibles this evening, Daniel chapter 1. Old Testament, of course. And, uh, and look, if you will, at Daniel 1 and verse number 20. And I think one of the things that that stands out about Daniel is that, is that Daniel was not just a believer, although he was, but Daniel was an example of the believers. Daniel took it to the next level. Daniel was always striving for more, always striving for better, always striving for excellence. Look, if you will, at Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 20. The Bible says, In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, oh, I love this, the Bible says he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Turn over a few pages to Daniel chapter 5 tonight. Daniel chapter 5, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 12 this evening. Daniel 5 and verse number 12. The Bible says about Daniel, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 5, verse number 14. And the Bible says, I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And turn over one page and look at Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 3. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 3, the Bible says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Listen, church, this is all I'm saying tonight. Did you know you're going to have a, have a hard time finding in the Word of God a place where the Bible just encourages us to get by? Just, just get by. I mean, just, you know what? You don't have to do a great job. Just do something, you know. Uh, you're going to have a hard time finding that in the Word of God. Uh, whenever we read the Word of God, it's always challenging us to go above, to go beyond, to do more. Don't be satisfied with average. Don't be satisfied with normal. Don't be satisfied with natural. You know what? There ought to be some Christians in 2020 and 2021 who don't want the natural, but you want the supernatural. 
supernatural and you don't want the normal but you want above normal and you want above the average and all that God would give us some Christians have some people that are born again in 2021 at Calvary Baptist Church who would say preacher by the grace of almighty God I'm going to take it to a whole new level this coming year reason that churches are struggling tonight. And you know what I'm telling you is the truth. The reason churches are struggling, and by the way, this is not just good for churches. The reason that businesses are struggling, the reason that a lot of times our nation seems to be struggling is because we're living in a nation where people are just satisfied with just getting by. Just, it's like people are just existing. They're just existing in their jobs. They're just existing in their church. And man, there's no drive. There's no force. There's no customer service anymore. There's, uh, nobody wants to take the business to the next level. Nobody wants to see the church go to the next level. And this is all I'm saying tonight. And this is so simple to see. But Calvary Baptist Church, may we not be satisfied with just getting by. May we not be satisfied. By the way, if God's business is the most important business in the whole world and it is that it ought to be treated like it is. The ministry is big. And by the way, let me tell you who preached this before, long, long before I preached this. Somebody called Jesus Christ. Would you take your Bibles tonight and turn to Matthew chapter five? Whenever we study our Savior and what the Lord Jesus Christ was teaching We find here that Jesus was always encouraging people to be not just a believer, but to be an example of the believers. Jesus was always encouraging us to take it to the next level, to go above the average, to seek out for the supernatural. Notice, if you will, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 40. Notice what the Lord says here. He said, and if any man will... Sue thee at the law and take away thy coat. Look what he says. Let him have thy cloak also. Verse 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two. Give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. What's the Lord saying? Don't just do what you've got to do to get by. Man, take it to the next level. Take it to the next stage. Do more than people ask of you. Do more than you're expected to do. Look what he says, verse number 43. I love this. He said, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I love it. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, don't just be a believer, but be an example of the believers. The preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes encouraged us as Christians to give it our all in serving the Lord. You don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you. Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse number 10, Solomon said this, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Whatever you do, man, you ought to attack it. Amen. I'll not apologize for that, not backing up on that. 
What by the grace of God, whatever I do, I'm going to give my all in it. And that's not just preaching and not just pastoring, but anything else for that matter. If I'm going to sweep, I'm going to sweep to the best of my ability. If I'm going to vacuum some carpet, I'm going to vacuum to the best of my ability. If I'm going to clean a window, I'm going to clean to the best of my ability. I don't want to do just what I've got to do to get by. But when people look at me, by the way, and it's not about me, please understand that. But I want them to understand that Jesus Christ is worth it. He's worth more. He's worth more than just trying to get by. Hey, He is worthy of our very best tonight. Let me ask you a question. Are you a believer? Or are you an example of the believers? Are you that stamp on that blank page? That type? Are you that one that rises above All your others, brothers and sisters. And by the way, when I say rise above, I'm not talking about rise above so you can look down on them with your pharisaical attitude. Everybody knows this. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name and a king can do the same. Listen, we're all a bunch of sinners that deserve to go to hell if we got what we deserve. But I am saying this, he is worthy of our very best tonight. Are you a believer or an example of the believers? Years ago, my father-in-law pastored the Tabernacle Baptist Church over in Statesville. I remember one night he had invited us over, my wife and I. They were having some kind of a a church activity, a church event. I think I spoke that night. It was like a fellowship type thing. And they were going to have a devotional and then they were going to have some fellowship and some food. And uh, they didn't have a fellowship hall at the time. And so they were just going to meet down the hill there in the bottom. They had a little place set up where they were going to set up tables and chairs and they were going to eat, and they were going to fellowship. And, uh, and my father-in-law, at the time, he pastored a lady that the church affectionately referred to as Miss May. Miss May. Miss May was severely handicapped, I think, with a stroke. She was unable to eat. She had to be fed through a food tube. She was unable to talk. She couldn't communicate with you at all, just nod her head, shake her head no. Unable to communicate, unable to talk at all. Miss May was hardly able to walk. Her body was pretty much crippled from that illness. Honestly, church, uh, respectfully, I'll say this, she she was a mess. The lady could hardly go. We had that fellowship that night and went well. And after the fellowship, well, everybody just dove in and everybody was cleaning up. And I'll never forget. It's in my mind. I'll never forget. It was a pretty good hill from that little area up to the church. And I just happened to glance up the hill and Miss May had a metal chair in her hand. The lady couldn't even hardly walk. And yet she had a metal chair. She was holding on to a metal chair and little by little she was making her way up that hill ever so slowly. You know what she was doing? She was trying to make her small contribution. 
She wasn't going to let everybody else just clean up, but she wanted to contribute. She wanted to help. You know what Miss May was saying? Miss May was saying, I don't want to just be a believer, but I want to be an example of the believers. I want people to know that I love my Lord. I want people to know that I love the church. I want people to know that he's worthy. He's worthy of me dragging a metal chair up the side of the hill, even though I'm a cripple. He's worthy of that. And by the way, he is worthy of that tonight. Are you a believer? Or an example of the believers. I, I was thinking about a little girl by, by the name of Nancy. Nancy was a believer. But boy, she was an example of the believers. Nancy was a little bus kid that we used to pick up in a place called North Lake, Illinois, right, just right down the road from O'Hare Airport in Chicago. And a little, little Spanish girl. And Every week we'd go by and visit Nancy on Saturday and then we'd roll in there on Sunday. We'd pick her up and take her to church. And Nancy had always had the sweetest disposition. Didn't live in the greatest of situations, but man, she just had a great spirit about her. And we had the, the best time and we'd cut up, go back and forth. And I guess Nancy was about, I guess about 10 years old, probably 10 or 11 years old. I remember going by one day and I, Saturday, and I knocked on Nancy's door, and I said, Nancy, you coming to church tomorrow? Yes, sir, Brother Steve, I'll be there. I said, all right. We, we uh, uh, bus driver pulled me up that Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. I walked off the bus and ran to her apartment building. She lived on the second story there. I ran up that first flight of stairs, and, and I knocked on the door, and usually almost every single Sunday, it was the same scenario. Every Sunday when I would knock on the door, Nancy would come to the door. She'd crack the door open about six inches or so. She'd look out the door and she'd say, Preacher, I'll be ready in just a moment. Let me get my lunch and I'm coming. I would say, okay. I would look through the door. Her mom would be just uttering in a Spanish tongue. I don't know what she was saying. I couldn't speak Spanish, but man, she was just rattling off. It, it seemed like a mile a minute and just, I don't know what she was saying to Nancy, but always just going on and on and on and on and on in this Spanish tongue. And then her dad had this, uh, this, uh, uh, this fetish with, uh, uh, with uh, um, electronic games and he would, I could always see her dad through the crack of the door and he'd be playing these games, the video games on the television and you could hear explosions going off and machine guns are firing and all these kind of things. And then Nancy had this little sister, her name was Susie and Susie would always be looking around the door at the big church man, uh, black hair as black as coal and, and little uh, Spanish eyes and, and every Sunday pretty much, that was the scenario every single Sunday except this one. My bus driver dropped me off. I ran to that apartment building up that first flight of stairs, knocked on the door. And just like always, Nancy came to the door. She opened it about six inches and I said, hey, Nancy, are you ready? She said, Brother Steve, let me get my lunch. I'm coming. I said, all right. I watched her go back into the kitchen. I could see through the crack of the door. I watched her go back to the kitchen. I saw her get her lunch. I noticed her mom wasn't rattling off in a Spanish tongue. And on this day, I could look through the crack, the other crack of the door, and I noticed the television was completely off. There was no little Susie peeking around the door at the big church man. Nancy came back to the door, but this time, she didn't just walk out of the door. She walked out of the door, and then she closed the door. She took a key, and she locked the door. We walked down the steps. Don't forget, Nancy's about 11 years old. 
We walked down the steps. We're on our way to the bus. I said, Nancy, what's going on? I said, everything's so quiet around your house. I said, your mom, where's your mom and your dad and your uh, little sister Susie? Uh, where, where are they at? And she said, well, she said, Brother Steve, she said, this morning, she said, my aunt and uncle, my cousins came over and she said, my mom and dad and Susie, they all got up and she said, they all got ready and she said, they went to great America. Six flags over Illinois. We were walking to the bus and I said, Nancy, Nancy, what about you? I'll never forget, she looked at me like she stopped in her tracks. She looked at me and she said, Brother Steve, she said, today is Sunday. She said, you're supposed to go to church on Sunday. Oh, I want to tell you something. I learned a great deal that day. There was a little bus kid about 11 years old that lived right outside of Chicago, Illinois that knew something. She knew that she wasn't just supposed to be a believer, but she was supposed to be an example of all the believers. And she rose above and she didn't settle for natural and she didn't settle for normal and she didn't settle for average, but she wanted to do everything she could do for her Savior. Hey, Calvary, I'm about done. It's why, it's why, at, 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 now listen, I don't know what other churches do. And by the way, as far as that's concerned, I don't care what other churches do. But it's why at Calvary Baptist Church, in whatever you do, you ought to set the example. You ought to be the one who raises the bar. You ought to be the one who shoots for the stars. You ought to be the one who strives for excellence in everything you do. The choir's getting ready to start. It's been almost a year. Boy, have you missed the choir? Man, I've missed our choir. The choir's getting ready to start. You know what ought to happen on January the 3rd? We ought to have some Calvary Baptist Church choir members who when you walk in that choir loft, you say, you know what? I'm not just gonna do what I've gotta do to get by. I'm not gonna get up here and just sing some little ditty and just move my lips, but by the grace of God, I'm not gonna be just a believer, but I'm gonna be an example of the believers. Now listen, whatever you do, whatever job you have, whatever ministry you serve in, whatever responsibility you have at Calvary Baptist Church, can I encourage us today? Listen, don't just settle for normal. Don't just settle for getting by. Don't just settle for mediocrity, but get something down inside of you that says, by the grace of God. I'm going to do the very best that I can. I love this. Someone said that excellence is different than success. Success means being the best. Excellence means being your best. Success to many means being better than everyone else. Excellence means being better tomorrow than you were yesterday. Success means exceeding the achievements of other people. Excellence means matching your practice with your potential. We're done. But I want to ask you a question. Are you a believer? You say, yes, I am, preacher. Good. I wonder if you might be an example of the believers. 
I wonder if this year there's a man sitting here tonight or maybe a lady of God sitting here tonight and God would strike a chord in your heart and tonight you would say, I'm not just gonna do what I've gotta do to get by. I'm not just gonna be a Christian. I'm glad you're a Christian. I wonder how many teenagers are here tonight would say, I'm not just gonna be a Christian teenager. I'm not gonna be just a, a body in the youth group. But by the grace of God, I'm gonna be an example of all the believers. Of all the young people, I'm gonna be the example. I'm gonna be the stamp. I'm gonna be that one that, that does his best for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm gonna be that one that strives for excellence in everything that I do. Stradivarius. How many have ever heard that name, Stradivarius? Stradivarius is a name that is well known for fine violins. In fact, not too long ago, if you had an authentic Stradivarius, you were in very good shape. One Stradivarius recently sold for $16 million. The reason that the Stradivarius violins are so valuable is because Antonio Stradivarius insisted, and listen to this now, this will help you. He insisted that no instrument constructed in his shop be sold until it was as near perfection as the human instrument could make it. Stradivarius said this, God needs violins to send his music into the world. And if any violins are defective, God's music will be spoiled. His philosophy was this, I love it. Other men will make other violins, but no man shall make a better one. Wow. You know what he, you know what he was saying? I'm striving for excellence. I don't want to just be a believer. I want to be an example of the believers. I'm done. Daisy Hepburn said this. I love it. She said, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is your best. In Calvary Baptist Church in 2021, you know what we ought to say? We ought to say, Lord, help me to do my best. Help me to do my best. Help me to walk in here powered up and prayed up with the power of the Holy Spirit, ready to play an instrument, ready to sing in the choir, ready to meet and greet folks as they're walking in the doors, ready to serve in a children's ministry, ready to, ready to, to clean the church. I know, I know sometimes people are like, Preacher, you are so, you're so nitpicky. And I am. Sometimes I feel sorry for you. A little bit. But you know what, church? He's worthy. Amen. And so if the piece of paper laying on the floor doesn't bother anybody else, you can rest assured it bothers me to death. The other day, the other day, Jimmy and Nellie got here early. Wednesday is Wednesday. They got here at least an hour early. They had, had to be an hour. And I love it. They both walked in. They said, all right, what do we need to do? 
And I said, well, I said, Miss Nelly, I said, it's been a few days since we've been here. I said, if you want to just take a dust mop. And I said, just go up and down the aisles, you know, any dust or just go up and down the aisles. Man, she starts just like mopping the floors, man. I mean, just going at it. And I was like, Nelly, Nelly, you, you don't have to do it that well. But you know what their, their attitude, their attitude was, if we're going to do it, we're going to do the best we can do. I told Miss Nellie when she got done dust mopping, I said, Miss Nellie, I'm going to preach so much better tonight because of what you just did. <laughs> I love it. Don't just be a believer, but be an example of all the believers. Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father, thank you for this simple word that you gave us tonight. Lord, thank you that I am a believer. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm glad that I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. And Lord, that in itself is something worth rejoicing about. But Lord, I don't want to just be a believer. I want to be an example of the believers. No, no, not because, not, not so I can say that I'm better than anybody else because truth is I'm not better. And in a lot of situations, I'm not even as good. But Lord, the reason I want to do my best is because you're worthy. You're worth it. You're worth it. Father, would you give us some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church in 2021 who would say, by God's grace, I'm not going to be satisfied with normal. I'm not going to be satisfied with just getting by. But I want to do the best that I can do for the cause of my Savior. Father, I pray that you'll have your your way in this invitation tonight. Maybe there's somebody that needs to come and seal a decision at this altar. I pray they'll do that tonight. Have your way now in the invitation, please. And we thank you and, and love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.